Welcome to the Double Technical Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Lucas Fryman, and I hope everyone had a fantastic week and a great Friday thus far. We got a lot of things to talk about. Well, sort of a lot of things, but some fun things to talk about since we uh, are going to have a guest on today's show, but I'll introduce him in just a moment. Uh, but we're going to start with the local segment. As always, it is brought to you by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app and use code Double Technical for $20 off your first ticket purchase. So to start today's show, as always, we are going to start with UK and... Obviously, we got to have Michael McCarty on to talk UK and everything that's happened, you know, since the last episode, the past weekend, all that. So welcome, Michael. Thank you for making the time to join today's show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Like, you know, even though, you know, we have a long time before Kentucky game again. I mean, we'll trust me, we'll find ways to talk about Kentucky basketball and football because we got to start getting ready for that uh, for, you know, all of the weeks where there's nothing going on. (laughs) No, I'm not concerned. I can talk about Kentucky sports every day. So, no, we're good. That's true. That's again, this is why you're our UK guy. The, the, The (laughs) <laughs> the exact reason. So the first thing that I want to talk about, obviously everyone knows, and I talked about it on the Tuesday show, um, UK sadly uh, got bou- bounced out of the tournament by Auburn in overtime, 77 to 71. Um, you got to witness my meltdown via messages, or you ignored it. Yes. If you ignored it, that's even better. Um, but before we dive into that, and uh, – you know, my response on Tuesday, what was your thoughts on the game? You know, things that, you know, just what overall, what did this game mean, show you, make you feel all that? Well, I really, really, really felt like this was a title team. So I guess my reaction that I had when we lost was just simply. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's okay. Like I, I oh man, I, I like this group too. This group is so much fun. I really enjoy them. And you know, when you live in the one and done era, which is coming to an end in the next couple of years, but you you only get that one shot with these guys, and then they're gone. Um, so it's it's disappointing. Um, I feel like they 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 had it and they choked especially when duke lost right after they did i mean it is there for the taking um but you know what that's that's what happens an elite 8 is a very good result i'm extremely happy with that that is a very successful year in my opinion um some years hurt worse than others because some teams i feel like have a better chance and i feel like we were building towards this team having the shot at it um, you know, when it comes down to it, I feel like, and we had this discussion all year, we were missing a superstar at first. I think we like, or at least me, I'll go ahead and call my, I, I think I changed every three weeks on who I thought the star of the team was that was going to lead us to a title. Oh, I thought we it all was, did. We, we all did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Keldon at the end of the year. And then I went to Hagen's and then I went to PJ and it's just, none of them were the John wall to Marcus cousins you know, Carl Anthony Towns, like superstar. And that's what we kind of need. We honestly, our title got lost. I think the day Zion Williamson committed to Duke over Kentucky, you had Zion to this team. And I think we won it. Oh, easily. I, there, yeah. there would have been no doubt in that one at all. Yeah. 
but it's all right. Like I said, it was still a fun year. I still really enjoyed it. There were some great games. So, no, you can never be – well, at least I can't. I won't speak for you <laughs> since you're already – since you're standing on the side of the bridge as we speak. But an Elite Eight is never a bad thing. You cannot be upset about an Elite Eight finish. So, so uh, before we – we kind of dive into that – um what I know this is supposed to be the local segment, but what are, yeah. what are your thoughts about Auburn though? I mean that this turnaround is definitely not what anyone saw coming at all. No, no. I mean, yeah. Great for them. Like, okay. So I'm going to make <laughs> I was, fun I thought, of you. I thought you're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I I'm going to make fun of you for the way you handle these losses pretty, pretty well in a minute, but Oh gosh. I the second Kentucky loses the tournament, I'm done. I will not watch another second of it. Like it's over. Oh really? You, Kentucky, you won't even watch the final four? No, why? Kentucky lost. Like when Kentucky loses their final game, that's the end of the season for me. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> I might be a little bit of a baby about it. <laughs> uh, well, if we really want to talk about who's a baby about things. Um so I think I think though, you no, know, before though, I think as much as you know, you or I may have had tears coming down our face mm-hmm. when we lost that game. I guarantee you CBS cried more than we did. Oh, yeah. They, <laughs> they there went, like, literally Sunday was the worst day for CBS in probably the last, like, 15 years. Like, yeah. there just oh. went all of the viewership that could have been massive just out, gone. <laughs> yeah, no, this is one of the highest rated tournaments in a while. And and if Kentucky and Duke would have both advanced, it Saturday would have been ridiculously high viewings. Yeah, so there there was some crying happening in the CBS offices too. I, I you know it's funny though that you say that. I I really want to see the comparison of the first, you know, uh, up to the Elite Eight, and then what the ratings pull in for the finals and the championship. Because I bet you they don't even eclipse those other games. Like the viewership is going to be way down on those. I, oh, I agree, and it's funny because yes, March Madness is great because of the upsets and the Cinderella runs. But ratings are based off of the Blue Bloods. And you now have a Final Four without any of the Blue Bloods, and it's going to show how much that suffers with the ratings. Look at the tournament as a whole. The ratings were up for this year's tournament. What, what was it? Um, 12 or 13 out of the top 16 teams advanced to the Sweet 16? Yeah, everyone the, was pretty much staying yeah, on par. The better teams winning is what gets ratings. Like... Yeah, it's all great and fun when a Cinderella team wins, but it's the Blue Bloods that pay the bills. Uh, It's, uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see that because there's, yeah, none of those teams could even be close to Blue Blood. I mean, Texas Tech and Auburn, far from it. Michigan State, I mean, there's some loyalty there. They're the closest, yeah. But Virginia, I mean, how can anyone call them a Blue Blood school when they lost to a 16th seed? Um, oh, yeah, that that's that would probably be the only scenario for me watching this weekend is to watch and see how Virginia blows it. <laughs> but what if they don't? Didn't we talk about this on the last show? Like what a bounce back that is to lose to a 16 seed and get bounced, be the first in history and then the next year win the championship. Yeah, I don't think you get to brag about what happens after losing to a 16 seed. Touché, like there touché. is no bounce back from that. Like you still are the only team to ever lose to a 16. That will never change. So you're saying what if they win the championship, there's going to be a little asterisk lost to the 16th seed prior. Yeah, no, say in 50 years from now, uh-huh. somebody's asking sports trivia. 
and they ask one Virginia question. Is it going to be anything other than who is the first one seed to lose to a 16 seed? That's a great point. It does not matter what they do from here on out. Unless they go on a UCLA-like run, that will always be what they're known for. That is a really, really good point. Yep, you're 100% right, and this is why we bring you on the show. Okay, so to the next bullet point, the one that I've been the most excited about, kind of. (laughs) Um, So admittedly, okay, uh, let me preface this before you, you, you go on your take. I'm uh, everyone on this show who listens knows that I'm a very uh, pessimistic fan. Uh, and <laughs> my views are lackluster sometimes. And Michael and Brian got to witness my meltdown that I typically have after a UK loss. Um, and then, you know, I finally take some time to sober up. And then Tuesday, I, I had a much more calm take on the matter, um, you know, not being crazy. But Michael got to witness the crazy. So the the bullet point that I have on our show notes is why am I such a bad fan? It's, it's a very good question. And we're, I'm going to start off by asking you another one. What okay. does it take to make a successful season for you? For UK? Yes. It depends on how the team is performing during the regular season. Um, but if they perform well like this squad did... Yeah. It's championship or bust. Championship or bust. Okay. So you, I, I've known you for a while now, and you you seem like a pretty happy guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so how can you, in the last hundred years of Kentucky basketball, we have won eight titles. So right there, you admittedly are saying you knowingly are miserable 92% of the time when it comes to Kentucky basketball. How can you love something as much as I love it and let yourself be miserable 92% of the time? I just think it's the, my emotional investment, like not, uh, I think I, I get emotionally invested in like the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, there, there's a good way of being it kind of like how you are, you know, you're, you're emotionally invested. You love this team more than anything. And like you kind of said, you're, you're just done with it. And, you know, I think that's the healthier way rather than me where I just have a freaking meltdown. <laughs> Who cried more on Sunday, you or Luca? Uh, definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't even close. Actually, I was crying while he was laying asleep on my chest. Like he, <laughs> he was unfazed about the situation. I was hysterical. So, and so <laughs> it's a mess. Have you, okay. So I'm also wondering too, do you have an era of Kentucky basketball that you look back on fondly and you're just comparing this to, and you're like, it's not as good as it was then. Uh, or have you just always been this way? I've, I've always been this way when it comes to okay. UK basketball, but that's because, and th- you know, this is something that I don't think I've ever admitted to you or the show. I was a late bloomer when it came to sports, okay, as far as, like, okay. finding my fandoms, because growing up, uh, I grew up in a household that the only sport we watched was NASCAR, um, so, so I had, none. yeah, so I had to go out and find teams that I liked, okay, gotcha. and I started liking UK basketball the Jody Meeks year, and I've liked it since, so that is right wow. before... Uh, John took over, and so I've always had the expectation like, you know, UK is amazing, 
you know, and we should always be in that conversation. And I guess, you know, I got myself so hyped on John coming in that I really thought now I understand it's not going to be championship every year, but I think where I get frustrated in some of the seasons is like last year, I wouldn't have been frustrated if we got bounced by like Arizona or something like that. I was frustrated because we had the best opportunity because we had lesser teams to play against. Right. This year, this squad was legitimately good. But then I look back at the Julius Randall year and remember seeing who we had coming up against us. And I was like, y'all, there's no way we're doing this. This team hasn't played great. And then we did it. And it, that one was probably what I look back fondly because that was like amazing to me, something I didn't think we could do, but then we lost in the championship. And then of course I had a meltdown again. So <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was a great run that year. That was one of the, that was one of the most exciting tournament runs I can remember. Yes. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's just, okay. So in Calipari's 10 years, we have been to seven elite eights. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Like we are spoiled. When he leaves, it is not going to be this good. True, very true. And so, what's your? So, do you have a minimum? Because I do. Do you have a minimum expectation of like what you think the bottom success rate for this team should be? Like, for instance, I feel like Kentucky should every single year make the Sweet Sixteen. Well, but- I, I think we should always make it to the second weekend of the tournament. It, well, that this is my issue, Michael, is my expectation is we should be in the Final Four fi- uh, championship game every year. Okay. Yeah, that's – I'm sorry to hear that, man. That's that's going to be a rough <laughs> a rough life of fandom for you, considering <laughs> that since we – um since the tournament expanded to 64 teams, which was 35 years ago, mm-hmm. we've made it to 17 Elite Eights. Holy cow. Yeah, that's phenomenal. The only other school that can tie that is North Carolina has also been to 17. Well, and see, and looking back at it, like I said, when I come down, okay, when, when, I, when I have time to listen to people who have sanity and who speak clearly, then I can appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? But it's just in the moment, I, I just lose it. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think one of your problems are you're considered someone like me, the person with sanity, to talk to you about this. <laughs> Why is that like, a problem? That's not, that's not a good thing. <laughs> if I'm the sane one, you're in trouble. <laughs> well, I mean, you 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 just chose to ignore all my stuff, so that helped. You know, Brian... No, to be fair, I ignore the entire world. My <laughs> My devices get turned off, I get angry, and I just escape for a day or two see that's good now brian always likes to clap back and then we get into arguments so that <laughs> that's where you know why i say that you help me because you just you just turned off and it was great and then and then you had your nice little twitter posts that were hilarious and then i was like okay lucas stop freaking out like <laughs> chill like when when you said 49 percent of the people don't know basketball i was like well crap <laughs> I voted on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it happens, man. Teams lose. That's and that, quite frankly, is why the NCAA tournament is what it is yeah. because the best team rarely wins that tournament. 
I, and that's also what I got to remind myself. It's a one game sample yeah. size. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. You know, you have a bad game like we did and there's just there's nothing you can do about it. Well, I mean, we didn't play well in the entire tournament. To be yeah. honest. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's proof that we were as good as we were that we did not play well and made it to the Elite 8. And we could have I uh, we could have went yeah. so much farther, but Yeah. Ha. Uh, all right, enough about me being a bad fan, but the <laughs> the thing that uh, actually, okay, let me actually talk about me being a bad fan before we go into the other thing. Um, sure, I can talk about this all night. <laughs> great. Um, so, you know that I was talking, I was frustrated with Cal, okay, yes. over how some of the decisions were made. You didn't put too much input on that, on what I put in there and said. Do you agree or disagree with any of the things I said? I mean, uh, some of the things for the audience, just to let them know, you know, I felt that Haggins should have been pulled out and maybe Baker put in because of all the turnovers and uh, Baker was playing better defense. Uh, Or we could have uh, subbed out Johnson for Baker because Johnson was switching too much and wasn't staying on his man and was taking some really poor shot decisions. Um, we kept running the same pick and roll play with PJ and Hero and was getting nothing going and just John kept going back to that and that was frustrating. And, you know, I think we should have let EJ or Richards play a little bit more in the second half to help with shot blocking because they were just getting by our front court and, you know, PJ and Travis weren't able to be there to help. Those were just some of the things I was upset about. Yeah, I mean, sure. Um Cal is not perfect. That is true. Um, there are some coaching decisions he makes, especially late in tournament games that always frustrate me a little bit. Once he gets to the final four in the finals, he seems to take the air out of the ball in the second half when we get leads mm-hmm. that frustrates me. But when it, when it came to this game, I don't think he really had a choice. He put in Baker and then Baker fouls a three point shooter. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that was it for him for the game. Yeah. Like he even said that to him when he got him up, that that was it for him. And what Cal's used to, especially in his Kentucky run, is, man, let the stars ball. And you got to trust your players. So, yeah, one of your star players might be struggling. I mean, what are you supposed to do? You can't pull them out in a tournament game like that. you gotta, you got to trust them to rise above that and, you know, carry you. Mm-hmm. And none of our players were able to do that in this game. What about the tempo? I, was, I hated that he kept wanting them to set up the half court. Why didn't we play up-tempo more? Well, I mean, the problem with that was at this point in the game, you're looking at we can't score. Mm-hmm. So if we play up tempo and we're not hitting any shots, they're just going to kill us. True. Especially when we can't, we can't stop any of their guards from getting to the basket. Mm. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what you do in that case other than slowing it down a little bit and trying to get points. Because mm-hmm. your defense actually isn't playing horrible. I mean, your your guards aren't playing well, but overall your defense isn't just non-existent. Mm-hmm. So if you slow it down a little bit, try to you know work it to you can get yourself some points. Then you know, I mean, it was obviously a low-scoring affair. So it just it just didn't work. It it was tough and very frustrating. But I I am very strong in the belief that Coach Cal forgets more about basketball than I will ever know. Well, definitely. Um, I, I agree with that. But here's 
So let's move on to the next thing that I wanted to talk about because here I was all upset and kind of being a part of the the usual thing, which by the way is so unfair. Uh, you can, <laughs> I, I guess I could give you one minute to talk about the fact that everyone is like coach cows overrated fire him. I didn't say he was overrated, but I did say maybe we need to move on because of his coaching skills. Um, and Coach K loses, and you see no media department saying oh. fire Coach K and its stuff. What What's your quick thought on that? It's absurd. It's absurd. He has three of the top four draft picks on his team, and he didn't make it to the Final Four. If that was Cal, there would be articles for the next year straight about how much of a failure he is. Well, it's this. I Kate Kate. Uh, Kate just needs to retire. I'm done with him. I'm over him. It was great. It, it was fun in the '90s. He was great. He was fun. No one could pronounce his name. Now, you know, he's ha- he's been around too long. Retire. I'm over him. Hopefully he will soon. But so obviously UK did not listen to anybody, including myself, which is good. Thankfully. Uh, yeah. Hey, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and they went out and offered Coach Cal because they were tired of all this stupid UCLA crap. Um, a lifetime contract that I believe I, I can't remember exactly. I think it was worth nine million a year or ten million a year, something like that. They um, haven't released it yet. Um, uh-huh. it won't get released until Kentucky has to. Gotcha. Um, being a public university, but he already makes over nine million, so it'll it'll have to be over ten million. I was about to say, I it's just some of the things like I kind of read on the from ESPN reporters, yeah. Um, and then so with the lifetime deal, because everyone was kind of confused as to what the crap that means. It basically means he will be the coach for UK as long as he wants, and then when he wants to step down and retire from that, then he'll be you know an ambassador to the university and be able to you know help out in any way that he can or wants to. Um, but we'll basically pay the man until he's ready to call it quits on everything. And what is your thoughts on that, Michael? So I, I don't think there is anyone out there that is better fit to run, run the program than him. And he's not perfect. I have my issues with Cal too. I, I think we need some coaching staff changes this off season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see anyone else out there that could do it better than him. So you I absolutely offer him a lifetime deal. We, we've been to, like I said earlier, seven out of 10 years that he's been here. We've made it to the elite eight, North Carolina, Kansas, Duke, UCLA. None of them can claim that. True. So, I mean, this is who else do you get? There is like, he's doing a fantastic job there. So I love it. Um, we should absolutely keep him there as long as we can. And it's going to be really interesting in a couple of years here because we're going to lose the one and done era. Mm-hmm. So players are going to get to go straight pro and coach K, you know, realistically is going to retire sooner than later. Mm-hmm. He'll retire before Cal. That is really the only person that's been able to beat him recruiting. So what happens when he doesn't have to face off against Cal, like, or against K like that's, it's going to be very different and interesting to see. And I think coach Cal is, intrigued to see what happens in that period too yeah that's going to be interesting because he should have free reign for whoever he wants at that point <laughs> like yeah there should be no competition yeah, oh, absolutely it's all going to depend on how many players end up going pro each year but um i there's rumors out right now that both tony barbie and joel justice are being looked at for head coaching jobs mm-hmm. 
Um, so I, I definitely think there's going to be some shaking up on the assistant coaches. Um, and Cal needs to go out and get himself um, a recruiter. He needs someone to help him in that recruiting range. Well, I uh, may know someone who will be helping. Actually, somebody I graduated with is currently a part of the recruiting department and hopefully will be moving up. So oh, cool. we will uh, we'll see. We would love that for him. And I'm actually trying to get him on the show. So shout out Brady Kennedy. Uh, please come on. Um, so lifetime contract, though, I think is also great. Not that there was ever any question, but it is nice for a kid to know you're going to go to the program and who's going to be there, especially if the one and done era is coming to an end. You want to go there and know who you're going to be with for, you know, yeah. two or three years. Um, so. I need to see the contract, though, because he currently doesn't have a buyout clause if he wants to leave. Really? Yes, and I want to see what they did with that. Like, did we just commit to him for a lifetime, or did he commit to us for the rest of his career? I think he committed to us, personally. Yeah, I, it'd be interesting. I want to see the details of the contract, but what? either way, it's not a bad thing. No, not at all. So, let's uh, you know close the book on this season. Now let's start talking next season already. This is yes. how quickly we are. Um, yep. So, big news today. A lot of people were excited. Uh, we got a transfer out of Belmont. What's his name? I, mean, I can't pronounce it. It's Nick... It's Nate uh, Sestina, maybe. I, I don't know how to pronounce it either. But okay. Yeah. Either way, I'll, I'll, I'll learn that by I'll learn it by next season, though. Definitely great guy. I think I believe he averaged 15 points this year. Um, good rebound numbers. I mean, he 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 was a solid player, and he's a graduate transfer. Um, and yeah, what are your thoughts on getting another guy like that? Which is very interesting now that that's two years in a row that we're kind of doing something like that. Yeah, I think there's advantages that we saw this year from having someone like um, Travis that was able to keep his composure when things started to go badly for the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why we got now that in comparing Nate is not as good as Travis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I honestly, I don't even think we got a starter. I think we got a bench player mm-hmm. in him, but I think he'll be a solid contributor and he is going to be able to spread the floor and hit some threes for us. And I think that's going to be really key. Well, and the good thing is, is sometimes, you know, having that reliable uh, person off the bench is key. I mean, because when you start going to the bench, that's sometimes where you get nervous and where you kind of expect things to fall off. So even, you know, like you said, if he's not good enough to be a starter, being a great six or seven man will be very pivotal pivotal for this team. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's a good one. Uh, Local player, um, Alan, why am I blanking on his first name? Help. Dante. Dante. Thank you. Uh, that's so embarrassing local player forgets name, um, out of Pendleton County. Uh, he tore his ACL, uh, and has been rehabbing that he's accepted the scholarship to UK. He'll be there next season. He got sadly got into a car wreck on his way to rehab and, uh, broke his collarbone, not as serious as everyone was originally making it out to be, but you know, what are your thoughts on Allen and, uh, you you kind of had a little bit of a take before we started recording on what we should do with him. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on how long it takes him to recover from these injuries. But, you know, let's dream for a minute, okay? Let's look at the roster today for what it is. Okay, We have 13 scholarship players right now. 
Um, from my understanding, tomorrow that will not be the case um, because there are going to be multiple players declaring. But for right now, we have 13 players. If the roster were to stay the same way it is right now, we'd be okay if he redshirted next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's basically going to play that small forward position on obviously the roster right now. But I mean, we've got Keon Brooks and Cahill Whitney coming in, and then Keldon still technically on the roster. If we were able to get him back, we'd be okay without Dante next year. I mean, he's a good, talented guy, but that would give him as much time as he needs to recover. And um, it, it's it's really all going to depend on who comes back. My thing is, is, and I liked when you said that earlier, is Allen is very, very talented, but he is not elite talented. And I think he would benefit from a redshirt year and getting some experience. And I then I think he can become an elite talent going forward. Yeah, so, no, I think he's going to be an elite talent. I think he's got that chip on his shoulder where people don't think he's an elite talent and he does um so i, I think he's gonna i think he's gonna be that type of player that proves people wrong and is better than what we expected well we would obviously love to be wrong in that way you know yeah <laughs> well we'll definitely love and support everything alan i mean you're you're homegrown you remind me of darius miller so uh, who, you know, wasn't expected to be amazing and then, yeah. you know, became great and still finds his way on an NBA roster every once in a while. Um, Allen's better scorer than Miller was, though. He he is. I, I completely yeah. get that. But I, a part of that is he does play for Pendleton, and he is literally the only player. Um, Miller did play. Scoring 50 game. points a game is good regardless of who you play for. Touche. Touche. Yeah. Uh, Want to know my career average? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, zero. Um, so zero. Yeah. <laughs> with all that being said, um, kind of this is going to be a two-parter as we wrap up the local section. Some early predictions for next season, real quick. After what happened in the Elite Eight game, and mm-hmm. we talked about it on last week, have have you changed your opinion at all as who you think is going to stay and who you think is going to go from this squad? like I do this to myself every year. No, like I, I shouldn't, but I, yes, I've already convinced myself that everyone, but PJ is coming back and that's dumb. Cause it's not going to happen, <laughs> but I, I do it every year. I try to get myself prepared. I honestly think what's going to happen is I think you're going to have Hagen's hero Johnson and PJ go pro. Mm-hmm. And then I wouldn't be surprised to see Jamal Baker transfer. What about uh, Richards and EJ? Well, I think EJ is definitely going to come back because I think EJ is starting next year regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick Richards is apparently dating one of the star, uh, star volleyball players at UK. And that makes me feel a lot more confident about him coming back to school. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah. I just I know I'm always curious because like usually I feel like I know who's going to go. And PJ surprised everyone last year. Um, yeah. So I just didn't know if you th- thought after that performance if anyone would come back. I think Hero's gone. Um, I think Haggins is gone. But I would love and I think it would be good for Keldon to come back. I think it's a little different this year because I think Cal's actually trying to get some people to come back. Because he made a comment the other day about um, the conversation 
conversations he has to has and um with the players and he he was saying that if some of the guys go that are talking about going he's worried they're going to be out of the league within two years and i think he's got to be talking about hagan's hero and johnson at this point because none of them showed me enough that i would spend a first round pick on them well i think hero could do it because of his shooting ability but yeah i don't know about haggins and johnson but it's the nba everyone can shoot true true yeah and it's not like he was consistent the entire year yeah like and this is one again me trying to talk me trying to talk myself into that some of these players are going to come back <laughs> i pj washington should definitely go i would love it if he came back but i don't see how he would improve anything stock wise in the draft exactly his stock is at the highest it'll it, it will get so he needs yeah to go. and i expect Keldon to go just because i don't think it was ever an option for Keldon to come back uh-huh but i think there are legitimate arguments for Hagens and hero to come back it i'd love to see them come back i just i'm like you like i don't want to get my hopes up <laughs> because yeah you'll I be know. like oh yeah they're gonna come back and then john's gonna be like so here's everyone leaving <laughs> Oh man, if we get Hagens and Hero back and then add one more big, like uh, Matthew Hurt or Jaden McDaniels, oh, we'd be scary good. Ah, uh, don't don't get me excited. Well, actually, there you go. Early uh, next year, you know, obviously recruiting isn't finalized for the next uh, draft class, um, or well, you know what I mean, recruiting class. Um, what are your thoughts? so far on all the recruits that we have committed and what do you think we can do? It's going to depend on what kind of exodus we have. If we have more players that come back than what we were expecting, we're going to be pretty good. But these incoming guys are going to need some help. They cannot all do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's another argument with the whole, what do you expect from them every year? So like Auburn is in the final four, Uh but what did they do the last three years? Nothing. So how good is Tennessee going to be next year? Not good because they're losing a lot of talent. Right. So when you're a program that needs players for four years so that on that fourth year when they're all seniors, you have a shot at making a run. I don't want that. I want what we have. And that's we might not be the best team every year, but we're sure as heck have a shot at making a run every year. Mm hmm. Again, I said I said it's not <laughs> it's this bad <laughs> fandom, okay? I understand this. But, you know, it's I yeah. I think it's just because yeah. we bring in that top class usually, yeah. you know, one or two. You know, I don't think we've ever been lower than that in the John era. Um No, we haven't. So that reasonably in a one and done system that the NCAA revolves around gives you the hope like, okay, if we're one and two in the draft class, uh, we should be one and two at the end of the year because that's pretty much how it breaks down. Obviously you do have some of the teams, like you said, who become great because the players progress and, and, you know, get better. But when we're bringing in what is supposed to be NBA talent at a college level, that's why I have higher expectations. Uh, no, I understand that too, but I, man, looking at it for next year though, if worst case scenario happens and all these people go and transfer Tyrese Maxey's going to be a good point guard. Um, he'll probably be a step up from the way Hagen's was overall the entire year. Mm-hmm. But you're playing Emmanuel quick, uh, quickly at the two. You're probably you're going to definitely start Cahill Whitney. Um, he'll be your best player. Yeah, that's and then forward. 
yeah. And then you're probably, I mean, unless you get someone else, you're starting Nate Satina and EJ Montgomery. Not Brooke. That's not a title team. You you don't think Brooke would be in there? I I need to see more. I I really don't know uh, mm-hmm. enough. Um, I'm just kind of basing that upon what the general consensus is that he's going to be a good contributor, but he's not necessarily like a superstar. Gotcha. <sighs> so I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out. All I know is it's Cal, so I'm sure we will either get somebody to reclassify that's a junior or something. We'll we'll figure it out and we'll get some more players in. I hope. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, but – well, that is everything that I wanted uh, to talk about with you today, sir. Is there any last little bit that you want to throw in there about my fandom, UK, whatever you want to throw in before we end the segment? No, nah, I think I've I think I've uh, proven my point on how bad of a fan you are enough. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I, uh, here, this is the best way to to part because I'd love everyone to hear you laugh at this, even though I know you've already heard it. Saw on uh, Twitter that this is breaking news, not really, but CBS is announcing Zion Cam will still go on as planned in the Final Four, and the Duke house that was bought for his family will be equipped with 50 cameras so we can watch his reactions as the games happen. What is your thought on that? <laughs> I I would maybe watch the final four if they were just literally following him around, just walking around his house, <laughs> just sitting there. That, like, I would be more him. interested in that. That would get higher ratings than what I think the final four is going to get. That's very true. Actually, I'm pretty sure the video of him playing at Duke's rec center uh, yesterday already has more views than the final four is going to get because did you see that video? No, I have not. Uh, he, he threw up a lob to himself and dunked so hard that the basketball rim almost went back up into the ceiling. Like, he yeah, it's, broke it's, it. yeah, I bet playing a pickup game at Duke would make anyone look good though. <laughs> I don't think Duke's, uh, I don't think Duke's filled with athletes from top to bottom at their university. Yeah. When you looked at those other guys, uh, um, yeah, like, yeah. Dang. I might not want to get into a debate with them, but I could probably take him in a basketball game. <laughs> that's amazing. All right. That's a perfect note to leave on. Thank you very much for joining us today, sir. And obviously we hope, we hope to have you on next week to talk about whatever else is going, going on and hopefully maybe a bunch of players staying. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about the players coming and going and maybe switch a little bit to some NBA talk. Ooh, yes. NBA talk. That's Yes, we're doing that next week. Going to happen. All right. Thank you again, sir. And now we're going to talk about NKU.